What's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people submit to us. It's typically our first times hearing the releases in question, and then we just give our honest reactions to it. It's not really a review show. We're not really critics. We're not making value judgments about the music we hear by and large. Ultimately, we just like to listen to and discuss punk and hardcore and hopefully turn some people onto some stuff we like. Even if we don't enjoy it personally, even if we roast it, we encourage people to go out and support the things that they like by purchasing physical copies of releases, by going and seeing bands when that becomes a possibility again, all that good stuff. The format of the show is that we have 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice and we usually get through between a handful of them, uh, between like five and seven. And uh, that's really all there is to it. So Nate, I I just told you I had I had a fun, a fun development that I wanted to share with you on the show so I could get your reaction to it live. But we just moments ago, moments before beginning recording, uh, the first, I guess, unofficial, but we'll call it officially licensed demo listen podcast shirt was created. Oh, sorry. I have my mic on mute. I was uh, laughing at something. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. So the first unofficial, but officially licensed demo listen podcast shirt. Yes. By, by uh, a name that people will know well, uh, Anthony from Gel. Okay. Um, he basically, a, a group got or in the Facebook group, a, uh, a joke got started that I had passed away by somebody saying something along the lines of, wow, what would happen to hardcore if gray died? Do you think, I think, which was a play on you roasting me for, for, <laughs> for saying, you know, that I was like yeah, one yeah. of the only people booking shows in, in Fort Wayne over the last couple of years. So someone said, wow, what, what do you think would happen if to hardcore if gray died? And so then that became a meme of me being dead and people making various memorial posts of me, including photoshopping me into the ghost scene at the end of return of the Jedi and making various memorial shirts, which culminated in Anthony sharing a meme that I have seen before, which is the, the like bugs bunny holding like a gun and looking forlorn, like in profile. Yeah, like he's going to shoot himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Dude, dude, the Looney Tunes had so many good suicide jokes back in the day, man. Yeah. So it's that it's that image and then a meme that had been made where like it's various Lord forgive me but yeah. memes, you know? And this one was Lord forgive me, but I'm listening to some very canceled bands. Yeah. And Anthony asked for me to send a picture like that to him. So I did. And uh he created a brand new demo listen shirt with featuring me looking forlorn holding the gun by my head that says, Lord, forgive me, but I am listening to some very canceled bands. And underneath in small print says Demo Listen Podcast. Um, he's giving all of the proceeds to an as of yet undecided charity. 
Um, okay. He doesn't want to make any money off of them. He he did this before I ever gave him the go ahead on it. Uh, people were just, I don't think I've ever seen a reaction like I have seen to this post. Um, like I posted a picture of it on like Instagram and Facebook and immediately like literally dozens of people were demanding that we printed them. Oh, there you um, go. So before I even got the chance to give the go ahead, Anthony already had the big cartel up and ready to go. Um, so you can go to spiritualmadness.bigcartel.com and pre-order one for 10 bucks plus shipping and uh, rest assured your money is going to go to it as of yet undecided good cause. Well, what's it look like? I haven't seen it. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to send you a picture. Well, oh, I guess I, I can, uh, I can, I can put, drop a link down in, in the, uh, in our chat bubble here. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, it looks, it looks great. Honestly, it's, okay. he, he, he did a really good job on it. Um, it's, uh, it is, it is a full on fucking meme shirt, but uh, kids really, really wanted it. So, all right. I mean, what, whatever makes them happy and, and true DIY ethos, just fucking do it. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no intellectual property. Just do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that, that was really encouraging to me. I think the, I think that really captures this, the spirit of, of what we hope to communicate on the show here, which is that, uh, you know, if you want to do something, just do it. You don't have to ask permission. Yeah. I, I like the shirt. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah, yeah. You are. Li- we we do listen to some very canceled bands. <laughs> we sure do. Yeah, <laughs> I think we we go beyond the point of listening to canceled bands. We listen to bands that. So I think to get canceled, it implies that at some point you were you appealed to a broader spectrum or a broader audience, and then you did something that that caused a, a vast majority of that listenership to forsake you. But we listen to bands that were not even made to be consumed by the general public in the first place. That's true. That's true. That's true. I think that the next step is to start a canceled band. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I mean, the technically parasitic twins is kind of canceled because there are various venues in which we cannot play. Well, and we can't play anymore. We haven't played in so fucking long anyway, but I mean like start one that is reviled. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. No. And and and, and reputation ruining. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm and, into in that, that. and in that moment, not only is your reputation ruined, but it is also cemented. That's that's very true. It's a double edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yo, I also wanted to do something up top this episode that we, we don't typically do just because, you know, a lot of the time I think that people, people probably turn the episode off when the housekeeping segment of the show comes up at the end, which is totally, totally reasonable. But, uh, we got a bunch of new Patreons and I just wanted to, I I wanted to shout them out real quick because, you know, they, they deserve a little call out up top. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess the Napalm Death Family series, uh, Family Tree series that we're doing, um, is very appealing to people because we, yeah, we've had a bunch of subscri- subscribers over the last week. That's too bad because, man, it's uh, it's not good music. <laughs> there's there's a few gems in there, and and we're gonna we're at, we're gonna get back to it soon. You know, what I mean, there's there's definitely some more gems to come up. Yeah. Uh, in the near future, I hope. So first off, we have Dave McKinnon, who is a five dollar patron. Thank you to Dave. Then we have got Zach Honeycutt at the ten dollar tier. He's really he's really reaching for the stars with that. Zach and I interact on Facebook very frequently. Uh, very funny, very funny dude. Uh, then we have our our old friend Chris Lawrence, who has played in a bunch of dope bands. I play in a band with him now called uh, No Issue, newer newer power violence, just recording only project that we've been doing this year with our homie Andy Sanchez. 
Uh, then we have Micah Jenkins, aka Vomax, our homie yeah, from Indy. Long time friend, yeah. Long time friend. I've known Micah for many, many, many years at this point. It's kind of absurd, like how long I've known some of these people. It makes me feel very old. Yeah. Uh, then we have somebody who's really shooting for the stars on this. Um, uh, at coming in at $12.47, which is a very arbitrary number, we've got uh, Nicholas Owlsley, who is uh, a Northern Indiana resident who plays in a band called Forced Out. Um, he's played at the house before. I've known I've known Nick for many years. Uh, thanks for the $12.47. You know, the extra $2.47 isn't going to get you anything more. Um, but we appreciate it nonetheless. It's got to have some meaning, right? What, what, uh, what is it like? Um, sacred numerology. Yeah. Is it, isn't it like 12 sacred words? And then, uh, 1947 was the year that it was discovered Hitler didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. That's, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) Then we have got, uh, Spencer, no last name, just Spencer at the $5 tier. Thank you to Spencer. And uh, then last up, we have got Tyler. Oh, not last up. No, I'm sorry. We have another $10 patron, uh, Scabbers. No, again, no actual name, just Scabbers at $10. So shout out to Scabbers. And then last up, we have Tyler Hammer, who used to be a patron, lapsed for a while, and then came to his senses and returned to the fold. Hey, you um, found that money again, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, so uh, thanks to Tyler. He also just started a podcast with his homies called Kings of Punk. I listened to the first episode the other day, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I think they literally just talk about punk and hardcore music, um, and they do like deep dives on specific bands. I know they did like uh, – a Poison Idea episode, and they did an anal episode recently. Um, and I really liked the first episode, so go check that out if you like punk and hardcore podcasts. And uh, yeah, I guess if you do want to become a Patreon or a patron, now's as good a time as any because we've got one uh, one episode of the Napalm Death Family Tree up. Another one is recorded and will be going up this coming week. Um, I think the plan is until we're done to just drop one episode a week for the foreseeable future. That will probably be for the next like six or seven weeks uh when all is said and done this will probably yield easily 10 to 12 hours of of napalm death centric content so if that sounds appealing to you patreon.com slash demolition podcast five bucks gets you in the door so so yeah thanks to everybody who has uh, subscribed over the last week week and a half that's that's dope uh seeing that that much of an uptick in uh, the numbers is encouraging but also makes me feel like damn we gotta we gotta keep the content coming <laughs> yeah for real we gotta we gotta uh, up our game a little bit yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, on that note, do you have any, you got any thoughts? You got any anecdotes before we get into the music this week? No, not really. Um, it's been a very uneventful. Oh, yes, I do actually have one thought. So we had a band on here, I don't know, maybe last spring, um, mm-hmm. Skeleton Glove. Okay, I remember that name vaguely. That yeah. we kind of liked. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just, the, the, I heard uh, some promo for the new, like, you know, full length coming out. Yeah. Dude, it fucking rips. Sick. That's dope. Um, so yeah, check that out. The uh, I guess it'll be pressed sometime in tw- early 2021. But um, Skeleton Glove out of Germany, man, they uh, stepped it up on the full length. Okay, sick. Hell yeah, I will definitely put that on my list of things to check out. I have been trying to uh, to catch up on stuff that I missed this year, um, and have been have been pretty much every day that I'm out and about listening to stuff in the car and and just listening to things that for whatever reason I missed. Um, Real quick, I had been really sleeping on all of the new like Griselda record stuff that has been coming out this year that pretty much any any rap fan whose opinion I trust has been big upping. Um, so like the Conway the Machine record, the Benny the Butcher record, all of that shit. 
And um, it is as good as everybody says it is. It's really, really fucking good. I think a lot of people are referring to it as grown man rap, which is, uh, I think, a fair assessment. Um, there's a lot of crossover there with like Freddie Gibbs too, which is one of my favorite favorites in the game. Um, if you've had your finger on the pulse of rap this year, obviously the Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist collab record, Alfredo, is on pretty much everybody's best of list. So I've been listening to a lot of rap that came out this year, and um, there's a lot of really good stuff. So if you have, like me, been an idiot and and uh, we're sleeping on all the Griselda stuff. Don't do so anymore. It's really, really fucking good. The production's great. The the rhymes are good. It's there a lot of really good records coming out of that camp. Um. So on that note, you want to jump into the queue this week? Uh, sure. Let's do it. All right. Cool. So we got a. Uh, interestingly, we actually have I think over half of what we have in the queue this week are international bands, which is okay. pretty sick. So first up is not an international band. It is G.I. Bill um, from, I believe, well, they're from wherever End End on End is from. Um, This was submitted by Zach Jones. Um, This features, I think it's this actually a solo project by Sam who sings for End on End. Um, And this was described to me as like post-hardcore stuff. Uh, New Morality Zine is putting this out. And it is like a three-song tape, I want to say. Um, and this is a demo that came out at the end of November. I have not listened to it yet, but I have seen a couple people sharing it. Then next up, we have Perspex with their self-titled EP. This was sent in by Tolly, our homie from uh, Australia who plays in Histamine. Um, I have definitely seen this band's name around, but I have not listened to it yet. This is a new release on No Patience Records. It just came out at the beginning of this month. Then next up, we have another Australian band, Moth, with Modern Madness. This was sent in by the ever-reliable Ryan Donahoe. His only commentary was, I think, fucking Australia, man, which is pretty pretty, pretty dead on. Yeah, I've heard this, and I, as I recall, think I liked it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, then next up, we have Los Cojelones, I believe, or Cojelones is how you pronounce it, with Hijos de Puta. This is a band from right outside of Mexico City. It was sent in by X Brohemoth X, uh, emailed to us, said it was that he's not very great with uh, identifying genres, but that he guesses it's it's more or less like garage rocky punk stuff. Okay. Then we have Karate Kid with their demo 2020. This is a band from Tokyo, Japan that was sent in by Austin Fritz. Uh, I saw somebody share this in the Facebook group, but I have not yet checked it out yet. And the artwork is Dude, the artwork great. is some of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's legitimately just a really shitty rendition of the Karate Kid film like promo art. Right. Nothing <laughs> nothing takes the cake better than a genuine but shitty rendition of like actual people. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Um, So this was described to me as a very capable uh, fast core. Okay. Then we have uh, we have a Midwest uh, Mid- Midwest heavy hitters here. I've been been in the game for a long time. Um, personal acquaintances of ours, and we've seen this band many times. Grin and Barrett mm-hmm. with their new release, Fast for Fucko, their 2020 demo. I guess these songs are getting re re recorded and re released as like a seven inch somewhere down the road. This okay. was sent in by Nick K from the band. Um, I guess Nick is also playing in, as a fill in in Cruelster now. Okay. Um, so that's that's pretty sick. That's a that's a cool crossover of worlds. I've uh, I've always liked Grin and Barrett a lot. I've definitely I definitely think out of the like Midwest like fast core PV grind bands like they've always been one of my favorites um, for sure. So I'm stoked to hear this new stuff. 
Then we have Hong Kong Fuck You with Third World Fighting Music. This is a band from Tijuana, Mexico. It was sent in by John Fett, which becomes immediately apparent because he uh, included the fact that this band has three bassists in it. Right, right. So like, you, it's, it couldn't be more fitting, right? Dude, um, the names of the songs. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> they're really, really good. So... And then we have a release, you know, speaking of stuff that I've been sleeping on, um, this is one that I actually just recently downloaded and still haven't gotten around to listening to yet. It's the new Seal record. Um, maybe Sile, I don't really know how to pronounce it. S-I-A-L. I've liked everything that they've put out thus far. I'm sure that this new record, Tari, P- Tari Pomosna Kuasa, uh, is no different. It's released on La Vida SNMUSE, so you know it's pretty good uh, just based on that alone. But yeah, all of the previously recorded material has been great, and I've seen this coming up in a lot of people's year-end lists. Um, this was sent in by Kawi Diaz, and uh, yeah, I just haven't gotten around to listening to it yet. So even if we don't land on it tonight, I will, I will probably listen to this at some point this week. Then we have Battlemaster with Ghastly Graven and Gw- oh, Gr- Grimoireless. Now that is some fucking artwork. It sure is. Um, and this was sent in by uh, our homie Trey, who plays in Inner Arma. He describes this as the best Richmond band that could have hit it big, but never really went for it. Okay. And I guess all of their songs are like D&D and fantasy based. And like when they play live, the vocalist plays the role of the dungeon master. And he says, it's really fucking great. You know, I think I have a battle master record somewhere. Okay. Like that name sounds very familiar. And when it I definitely look at their old logo, their older logo, mm-hmm. it looks very familiar. Yeah, I agree um, for sure. So I don't know. Yeah, they've been around in some incarnation since for at like least 2007. Years. Yeah, for yeah. a long time. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and then last up, we have Passion Play with their self titled release. This is a hardcore band from Providence, Rhode Island. It was sent in by Paul from the band. Um, I guess I don't know if somebody put Paul onto the show or if he discovered the show or what. He just sent sent it into the email and was saying he hoped that we could uh, fit into the queue. Um, kind of described described the band. Said this is a release that's uh, coming out as a joint a joint release uh, on seven inch between two labels. I think okay. uh, sometime in the near future. And this came out in October of this year. All right. So let's roll the dice and uh, see what's up first. All right. Eight. Okay. Eight is the CL uh, record. So. This stuff you can find on the Levita SN Muse Bandcamp. It's also on Spotify and I think pretty much all of the streaming platforms. Chances are there's a good there's a, a high probability that if you if you have your ear to the ground, you may have already heard this this year because a lot of people have. Like I said, um, most people who like good shit are singing its praises, and everything the band has done up until now has been really really fucking good. So yeah. I imagine this will be the same. I know I've heard this at some point too, and I've seen it in tons of distros, so it's widely yeah. available. Okay, so uh, let's just listen to the first song off of this. So we're going to listen to Abintara off of Tari Pamusna Kuasa, which I'm sure I'm not pronouncing correctly by the band CL. Thank you. 
Okay, we just heard the song Abintara by Seal, the first track off of their new LP on La Vida SNMU's. Nate, how'd you feel about it? So uh, also right there on the uh, Bandcamp page mm-hmm. um, is, uh, you know, a link to the uh, new Chisel EP. Yeah. Yeah, Seal and the Chisel are like the two bands that I want to see first if I had my my druthers. Yeah. Um, once I can go back to back to seeing shows. Yeah. Um, because that almost had me moving around my basement with headphones on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. If you stand still while this is playing, you fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. No shit, man. Right. Yes. So so it says in the in the description. Um, Tare Pamusna Kuasa, which translates to the revolt dance or dance of the power crusher, delivers a sense of mysticism and empowerment. Uh, that's what I am is the power crusher. I am <laughs> fucking moving to something like Seattle in a basement. Yeah, indeed. That is accurate. Uh, yeah, that's that was really fucking good. And it makes me ashamed that I hadn't bought it yet. I've seen it in so many different demos. I mean, so many different distros right now. Yeah. Um, that I feel like I, sh- I should own this. This, uh, this was basically perfect circle pit music. Yep, for sure. Um, there was just enough in there that if you're a fucking knucklehead that wants to like two step and side to side at some point, it's in there. But, you know, basically you should be moving in a circle at some point for 75% of uh, every CL song. Yes, I, I agree with that assessment entirely. Yeah, um, I really like this. Yeah, like I said, everything this band has done up until now has been fucking awesome. I expected this to be the same, and yeah, it was great. I mean, if you like if you like contemporary hardcore in the vein of Gag, Nosferatu, Hoax, take your pick of like reverb, delay vocal hardcore bands that are pulling equally from classic U.S. hardcore as much as they are international D-beat, um, this, is, this is a band that's going to be right up your fucking alley. This shit is great. It's another another winner for the Levitas and Muse uh, discography. They pretty much only put out shit that rips. This is obviously no exception. This is really, really good. I'm definitely going to pick this up as soon as I get the opportunity to. I'm a little bit strapped because I've been pi- buying a bunch of Christmas presents for people and shit. But after the new year starts up again, I'm going to try and pick up a, a few records that I missed this year. And this is definitely on the list. Um, yeah. Like I said, I was going to listen to this record this week, whether we landed on this or not. And uh, this is just incentivized that even more for me because that that was fucking great. I think you put it succinctly uh, and uh, effectively when you said, yeah, if you move to this, if you don't move to this, um, you you fucking suck. Yeah. Um, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what are you even at the show for? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, this was great. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It was just really, really fucking good. I mean, um, of of this style of hardcore, of bands that have put this style of hardcore out this year, um, that track, even even by itself, devoid of the context of the rest of the record, is one of the most capably delivered of any that I've heard this year. So yeah, for sure. So on that note, let's uh, let's keep it moving. That was uh, that was a high bar to set with the first band. Yeah. Eight again. Okay, this is Battlemaster. So I think uh, I think Trey said he actually submitted this quite a while back, and it just didn't get in the queue because I think it was when people were still sending in kind of like a glut of bands in one email, and so I didn't always get get back to uh, checking out other ones that were included. Right. So it's uh, Battlemaster.bandcamp.com. The newest release is Ghastly, Graven, and Grimoireless. Um, he said they have a they have um, the title track queued up to play, but he actually suggested a different track on here that he said um, might be more to our taste. Let me see which one he suggested. Um, he said thaumaturgical nonchalance, 
which is a great fucking name. That was that was the title that first that that was the that that song title immediately drew my attention. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, so let's go with that one. I uh, I definitely trust Trey's intuition on this. He he knows what we like. So, we're gonna listen to Thaumaturgical Nonchalance by uh, Battlemaster off of their LP Ghastly Graven and Grimoireless.
All right. Okay, so we just heard the song Thaumaturgical Nonchalance by the band Battlemaster off of Ghastly Graven and Gr- Grimoireless. And that, uh, that fucking ruled. I loved that. That's a band yeah. that you're, I mean, musically it's great. Uh, Trey described it as taking cues from black metal and the less primitive war metal bands like destroyer 666, which is definitely accurate. Yeah. Um, the riffs were fucking great. Um, this is a band that if you like metal of this, of this ilk, you're going to enjoy this regardless, but that you will definitely get more out of if you also play D and D. Yeah. Um, because the lyrics at one point he is literally just listing off spells which was right, like, like high level spells how he casts them all with with just ease and nonchalance <laughs> yeah right and, exactly. and the way that when he says thaumaturgical a uh, thaumaturgical nonchalance and the way he pronounces nonchalance <laughs> yeah it's great dude. he just draws it out yeah uh i like that a lot i like the I, it's very topical because i am uh prepping a new campaign yeah. And I was thinking the other day as I was sort of, you know, taking some notes and doing some prep, I'm like, I'm going to fuck these guys up so fucking <laughs> And then I thought, that's probably not the right attitude for what is supposedly just supposed to be the, uh, you know, like the indifferent sort of force that uh, guides you guys through. But, uh, you know, I was just looking at some shit and I was like, oh, they are so fucked if they go here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm expecting that. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was really fucking good. I I liked that a lot. Even if you're not a D and D fan, there's there's uh, I, this would offer you this there, this this release has plenty to offer you. If all the riffs are are, are of that caliber, um, it's worth listening to this for for those alone. This was really good and definitely didn't feel like. I mean, this utilized its four minute runtime really really well. Yeah, it sure did. It didn't it didn't feel uh, it didn't overstay its welcome, but it also didn't. Um... It didn't feel too short. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It felt, uh, it felt, it felt, yeah, just perfect. This was really good. I would be a lich in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No questions right? asked. Yep. I yep. guess I should start working towards my lichhood now. It's not something that you just kind of like decide when you're dead. No, for if sure. you wait until you're dead to become a lich, you're fucked. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I should start multi-classing right now. You should. Yeah. Um, I've kind of pretty much just multi-classed as like a lazy barbarian for most of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I think probably I should multi-class right now and, uh, work towards that, that fucking lich hood. Cause dude, if I could be a lich and, uh, and, 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 and just from my tomb, right. Hold sway and agency over the world. Yeah. Oh man. You guys would be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. I would know it was you immediately too. Yeah, you would, you would, you would right away. Um, it would be it would be such such a uh, fantastic and horrific immediate onslaught, right? Right. It would just be the the moment that Lichhood was achieved. Um, I would just like fucking cloud kill the entire planet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, the 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 hardcore discourse would immediately shift from is crowd killing wrong to is cloud killing wrong it would people would stop worrying about the coronavirus real fucking quick they I sure can would. tell you that much because uh there would just be like you know gates opening up everywhere and fucking you know tenari demons appearing basically in everybody's little neighborhood right yeah well we should only be so lucky that we get to witness such glory on on this earth no we won't unfortunately unfortunately reality is far too lame 
Yeah, I know, man. It sucks. I would, I would, we've, we've said it on this podcast before, but, uh, I would, I would gladly give up all the modern amenities, um, that I now, that I now get, um, and put my life at risk to an almost certain gruesome death. If only it meant that I could go and, and fight monsters in, in Faerun. I actually, I think, I think that there is a, a feasible way to achieve something akin to lichhood. Um, and that is to annihilate a family and then kill yourself, mm-hmm. um, after, after the deed is done. So if anybody's listening out there and really wants to achieve power in the afterlife, right, <laughs> yeah. become a family annihilator and then right. annihilate yourself, right? You, you I, will leave a mark that shan't be forgotten and, <laughs> uh, you will, you will haunt, you will haunt many for the rest of their lives. Uh, so this is this is the beginning of demolition kicking off the second satanic panic. Yeah. Oh my God! Now that that's a New Year's resolution. Let's <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. Let's yeah. kick off the second satanic panic. Except this time, it's fucking real. It's real, right? There's there's re- there's reason to be concerned this there's, time. There's reason to be concerned, and I mean like real fucking Satanism. I'm not yeah. talking about. I'm not talking about uh, no Levian bullshit. I'm no, talking no. about chaotic evil, mass fucking chaotic evil on the planet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about. Uh, let's take uh, the Catholic Church to to court because uh, you know they want to they want to have us read a Bible in class. I'm talking about let's just kill everybody. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I think this is our New Year's resolution for sure. <laughs> right. Right. It is the second satanic panic, but it is warranted, so it has an asterisk after it. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There's good reason to panic this time. That's right. Um, Yo, so just a, before we move on to the next band, that was very sick. Trey, thank you for sending that in. You were uh, correct in assuming that we would fuck with this on uh, several different levels. And we did. This is great. Um, so I got, uh, I got an update. A, I'm getting messages just rolling in, telling me that people have people saying they've never ordered something so fast as, as they have this stupid fucking shirt. It's breaking um, news, huh? Yes. And, uh, Anthony texted me telling me that, uh, he has already meet the, uh, the print, the print limit for the, uh, screen printer that he goes through in a matter of about 30 minutes, like the, the bare minimum limit to do an order. So it's already worth, uh, already worth putting it up. So people, People are, okay. are going crazy for this shirt. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm. I think that at this point, it's safe to assume that this unofficial shirt that Anthony made as a joke uh, on a Sunday evening in December is going to vastly outsell the official merchandise that we made ourselves. Yeah, I think that we should make some in in, uh, in uh, uh, adherence to our New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. Make some extremely satanic shirts. Yeah, I'm into that idea for sure. We'll we'll have to we'll we'll take a little bit more time on that one and cook something up really good. Yeah, yeah. We'll make uh, sure that there's plenty of uh, there's plenty in there to offend all, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For right? sure. Yes. Um, so uh, on that note, I guess let's uh, let's roll the dice and keep it moving. See what's up next. All right. <clears throat> Seven. Okay. Let's see. Seven is Hong Kong. Fuck you. The Bandcamp is hongkongfuckyou.bandcamp.com. They're from Tijuana, Mexico. Um, let's see. They have got... So it looks like they have they have all the tracks on here, and then they have one track on here at the end that is just all of the songs played continuously. <laughs> That's well, Continuously or 
Like I oh, like. Oh, I see. Because yeah, each track is only a second long. I was hoping that it was all songs played concurrently. That that would be great. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I would love to do. I would love to release a record where the B side is just every song playing at the exact same time. <laughs> yes, that would be good. <laughs> so. Do you just uh, want to listen to like the first like couple tracks on this? I, yeah, I was going to say, so there's like, let's Hong Kong fucking go. Hong Kong, fuck the black, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong, fuck you up. Um, And then there's the last song, 14, Hong Kong, kill your family. Yeah, right. Very, very, that's uh, very topical. Yeah. Um. So, but I think you're right. Probably, um, uh, yeah, if we just go for like the first couple or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get sure. a better sampling. If you look at the art. Yeah. Like it's clearly like a photo or something, you know? Mm-hmm. But, the, but are you noticing the person in the lower left? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that person does not look real. <laughs> it looks like a little kid. It, it just, it looks like a racist caricature of like a kabuki mask on yes, a little it, kid. And I don't know why it's killing me right now. Like, I wish I had a son that looked like that. <laughs> so I could laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I would always be stifling laughter whenever he came walking into the room. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to treat him any different. I still love him. He's my son, but damn, does he look fucking funny? <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So let's uh let's listen to the first two songs off of this. So we're gonna hear "Let's Hong Kong Fucking Go" and "Hong Kong Fuck the Black, White, and Blue" by Hong Kong Fuck You. All right. Okay, we just heard the first two songs by Hong Kong Fuck You off of their record Third World Fighting Music. Nate, how'd you feel about it? I like that better than I thought. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, yeah. It sounded pretty good. I mean, those three basses um, were all like mixed well together. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't trying to, because whenever I just see like, you know, bass right. and power violence, we've said before, there's only one thing I think about and nobody really ever succeeds at it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it wasn't really trying to like completely ape uh, Man of, Man of the Bastards writing style at all or their mm-hmm. tone. 
Um, yeah. It worked pretty well. I thought it was pretty good. It is very fucking gimmicky. So yes. after the first two songs ended, I just went ahead and skipped to like those one second songs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's a second, right? So there's not a lot to work with there. Right. Um, but it's basically just, you know, a fucking drum hit and, and everybody like, you know, rings out in the bass and they say something. Right. Um, I didn't bother to listen them, listen to them all in order to see if there was like uh, a thread running between the uh, this five or six of them that are like one and two seconds long. Um, but, you know, I, I OK, whatever. Right. You know, well, I, I think that touches on my my problem with this kind of stuff overall, which is that like, yeah, this actually musically was pretty good. And I was very pleasantly surprised by the fact that it wasn't just looking to ape man as a bastard straight up. But that said, like the three bases weren't utilized to any effect. Like no. they, they, like it didn't sound like three bases, you know what I'm saying? And like on a recording project, especially you're probably, you're double tracking most of your instruments anyway. I mean, if you're recording guitars, you're at least tracking two guitar channels usually so that you can hard pan them left and right for this. I imagine you're doing a similar thing with the bases. So like, unless you're writing bass parts that complement each other and there's like counter melodies in there and shit, like it doesn't sound like three basses on the recording. So like when you couple that with the one and two second long songs, it does just feel very gimmickly gimmicky and like they're doing it just for the sake of, of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, cause it, you're right. I mean, it could have just been a guitar and an octave pedal and a fucking bass. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you, you wouldn't have known the difference, you know what I right. mean? So, so that said, yeah, I think, I think there is just a through line of gimmickiness, um, that, that pops up in, in music sometimes like this, that, that is kind of off putting to me because I feel like if you just kind of honed in and focused a little bit more on the songwriting and less on, on the sort of, um, exhibitionism of being like, look at us, we have three bases and actually do something with that formula you you would end up with like a lot more interesting and engaging end product. But that said, as it stands, I think musically this was this was perfectly fine. It just it I don't really understand the the necessity of the uh, of the three bass thing. You know what I mean? No, I I I get it too because um, you know, like I said, like I came out and said that this this was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it wasn't just you know what I expect with this, but you're right. It wasn't, it, it's not real. Right. You know, like yeah. they don't, it's just kind of a, it's just, it's just a joke. It's just a gimmick. And I don't know, man, I'm, I, I, like we've said before, like it's lamentable that like grind in power violence get overrun with fucking joke bands. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Right. It yep. just is because there really aren't two, two other punk genres that are, are just so, um, through and through have the potential to be utterly ferocious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just, you know, whether it's guys going, bah, 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 you know, and sounding like fucking idiots yeah. or unless it's just like stupid fucking gimmicks like this, it, it's not utilized to its full potential. The, the, sure. the genre itself. Right. Yep. Um, because if, you know, three bases or not, whatever, if those two tracks were delivered with like, I don't know, 50% more aggression or, mm. or the whole thing was like a genuine, a genuine sort of exercise in musical aggression instead of just a joke. Yeah. Probably sound really fucking dope. And at that point I'd be like, Oh, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there wouldn't be any like 
front loading of what I liked and then let's get into what I didn't like of it. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I, it just, there's this kind of stuff keeps me at arm's length for exactly that reason. Like I liked what I heard just fine. If I saw this live, I'd be like, yeah, that was cool. That band was good, but I can't engage with this on any deeper level at all, just because it is so deeply stupid in a way that's not particularly appealing to me, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know. It ain't real. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It ain't real. Should be. Um, that little boy in the corner should be my son, <laughs> but he ain't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, this stuff was, uh, this stuff was, was musically a lot better than I expected it to be, but you know, I don't, I don't, my, I don't see myself probably revisiting this, um, for the, the above stated reasons. Um, all right. You want to, you want to keep it moving? All right. Four. Okay. Four is, uh, the other Mexican band that we had in the queue tonight, Los Cojelones, uh, with Hios de Puta. Um, uh, you know, as always, excuse my shitty pronunciation. Um, let's see here. So, um, I guess that is the track that was submitted. Submitted actually, the whole record is Hios del, del Sol, um, and he wanted us to listen to that track specifically. So that's fine. We can do that. Um, so we're gonna listen to Hios de Puta off of Hios del Sol by the band Los Cojelones.
All right, we just heard the song Hios de Puta by Los Cojelones off of Hios del Sol, which came out in August of this year, and they're based out of just outside of Mexico City. Um, so, yeah, that was described to us in the email as, as being garage rock stuff that, uh, that proved accurate. That was pretty competent garage rock stuff, but... I don't know. I I didn't dislike that, but I felt my attention definitely drifting during the course of the listen. Um, for what it's worth, um, there I don't have anything that I can point out specifically that I didn't enjoy about that really. Um, and I think it just by merit of the fact that like it's not a couple of like. F- like hip white dudes from Cleveland or the surrounding area like we had in the last garage ba- rock band that we we heard it inherently feels more authentic so I don't think it's that either um I can't really place my finger on it it's kind of hard for me to to quantify what it is about this that didn't capture me but there was just something missing here for me um it was competent it was fine I didn't mind hearing it I wouldn't tell somebody to turn it off if uh, if they were listening to it I wasn't offended by it but yeah I didn't really engage with it the 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 part that felt most interesting to me is about halfway through the song the vocalist felt like he was trying to do his best frank black impersonation for a minute there yeah Um, and i really liked that um just because uh for as influential a band as the pixies are you don't hear them reference sonically a lot maybe just because people assume they're so inimitable why why even make the attempt which is yeah that's that's a big pull yeah, that is fair enough. Um, but uh, but yeah, for a minute there, I was like, okay, that that definitely evokes Frank Black, and I can hear little notes of the Pixies here and there in this. Um, but overall, just pretty much straight up kind of roots uh, garage rock stuff with some some punk undercurrents, which is again a style that I I, I generally enjoy just fine, and I more or less would ex- describe how I felt about this as enjoying it just fine. But yeah, I, I don't know, I wasn't, I don't feel compelled to check out the rest of this record for whatever reason. I will check out the rest of this record. I like that a lot. Um, okay. Yeah, like the core of the song, I guess, wasn't wasn't what got me. It was all the other stuff that they put into it, the way yeah. they built on that, like, just fundamental garage rock sort of thing. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and, like, I really dug sort of the, uh, the, the incorporation of, like, different indigenous aspects into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what got me was I was looking at the picture of two dudes. On, I'm assuming it's two band members, right? This band's mm-hmm. been around for a grip, I was looking at. I mean, they have something released from 2012. Um, so they've been around for a minute, and I was looking at the picture of the two band members standing there, and I was like, man, they look like fucking badasses. Right. I wish, I wish, like, I wish that, uh, like, I had like some ethnic reason to look like a fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You know what I mean? Because it don't, right? right. And uh, you know, you know, whatever, whatever the fuck European countries I come from, right? They, they're, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, stupid. You look, you look doughy and white and fat, right? Yep. Yeah. For no sure. matter what you do, I was like, man, those guys look like fucking badasses. And like the other day, I was thinking about, um. You know, the last time that we were in New Zealand, we happened to, we were in Rotorua and I, you know, saw somebody with like a full moco Mm -hmm. and I thought, and I have always wanted to have a legitimate, like honest reason to have something like that. Right. Because it looks amazing if it's like a legitimate, like, like as a white person, you just look like a fucking asshole. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You just look like a fucking idiot. Yes. But like if you're native Maori, you look fucking 
awesome. Yeah, undeniably. Um, yes, undeniably, right? Especially like when everything else about you is 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 um like modern apparel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And I I like that juxtaposition of um like indigenous heritage, but also like modern uh, the modern world that that juxtaposition between the two yeah for sure um i just even not not even just like as a you know whatever like a social statement a political statement or anything like that but just as it as an aesthetic statement totally yeah right but like yo white people that doesn't mean that you get to fucking like you know think that you suddenly you're like native you're you're indians and can like fucking you know dress like that shit and get up on you you just look stupid right (laughs) right yeah yeah, yeah. it's like white people trying it's like white folks trying to reclaim the swazi yeah yeah it's like like, i it's like dude i get it but like that i don't think that's your job it's not your job your job was to claim it as this what we know it as right so if you're (laughs) going to reclaim it you need to fucking actually wear it in the way that white people intended it to be worn which (laughs) is the symbol of racist oppression and um you know, national socialistic political, national socialist political ideals. That's that's the white reclamation of the Swazi symbol. Right? That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like it just looked, those, dude, those dudes look like fucking badasses, right? And they're probably not, right? But they they're look pro- at they're probably fucking posers wherever they come from too. <laughs> sure, yeah, maybe. Right? But they look, but they, but they look like fucking badasses. And so, as I was considering that like juxtaposition towards what is essentially a very fundamental style of rock and roll with this, you know, traditional sort of aesthetic uh, to it, mm-hmm. I, I I'm interested. I'll probably listen to the rest of it and see what I think. Um, yeah, like even the kid on the fucking album cover, I don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck he's holding there. But he looks like he's about to fuck you up. He looks like a fucking badass, right? <laughs> he does, yeah. Right? And little kids never look like fucking badasses. Never. Yeah, that's true. By, by and large, I would say that's pretty accurate. Right? Like, what is the least threatening thing? A kid. Yeah. Right? And I don't care what you do to him. In fact, as if you try to make a kid look even more threatening, they somehow look less, right? Yes, usually. Right? Because there's no scenario in which I'm going to lose. None. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just kick you over. But that kid? Whatever fuck he's holding his hands, uh-huh. looks like he's about to fucking successfully succeed in shoving it up your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I don't know. There was something about this that intrigued me. I'll probably listen to the rest of it um, and see what I think. Um, yeah, I dug it. I dug it enough. enough to I dug it enough to dig deeper. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, we've uh, we've big upped bands for including like indigenous influence or like whatever their specific cultural influence is like into incorporating that into like punk and hardcore on the show before. I, I definitely always uh, am, am ready to give props to that. And I think it's a laudable it's a laudable goal for sure um, to incorporate that stuff into a more like contemporary form of music. Um, and I think throughout the years that has been done to varying degrees of success by different bands. Um, so yeah, I mean, hats off to him for that, for sure. I think that's a cool, that's a cool look, but, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Also don't, don't, don't take this as like me fanning somebody's balls. Cause like, you know, Oh, look sure. at you. And you, you know, no, like if it sucked, I'd tell you it fucking sucked for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying that it's always a fucking win. Definitely. Not. Um, but what I'm saying is that like, well, what was that? Um, what was the Chinese death metal band and black metal band that we had on? I forget the name, but yeah, they and had it was like at, the, they had like the Chinese folk music incorporated in there. Yeah, and it was like you know, yeah, take it and make it your own, right? Yeah, like like don't just ape what um, 
a bunch of fucking Norwegian Nazis were doing, right? Sure, yeah. Take it and make it your own. Um, and I feel that same way with his other stuff. But if it sucks, I'm going to tell you. And it's not like those other like indigenous cultures aren't above reproach or mockery either. Oh, like, not at all, no. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know, something about this hit me the right way. Yeah, fair enough, man. Yeah, like I said, I didn't hate this. I liked it just fine. Just uh, there was there was a component there that was missing for me that I just didn't didn't quite connect with it. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty decent. I liked it. So, I liked it well enough. Yeah. So that was what? What was the name of the song? He hoes de puta. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah he I, and I ain't, I ain't gonna apologize for my pronunciation because yo, I went to pick up some Indian food last night and that woman pronounced my name like shit. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. She yeah. didn't apologize for it. Yeah, when the tables are turned, right? Yeah, they're not right. apologizing. Right, right. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, let's keep it moving and roll the dice. All right. We're blazing through them. One. Okay. One is the GI Bill demo. You can find this on uh, numeralityzine.bandcamp.com, and it is uh, the second release from the top right after Shock to the System by Thought Control, which, for the record, is one of my favorite releases this year. So this is the solo endeavor of Sam from End on End, who we have had on the show before and we thought was was pretty solid. Um, looks like they have the first song queued up to play. It's just a three-song demo. All, this, all the run times are right about the same, so we'll just start with that one. So we're going to listen to Lithgo, which is hopefully named after John, off of the GI Bill demo. Okay, we just listened to Lithgo by G.I. Bill off of their demo 2020. Nate, how'd you feel about it? You know damn well I didn't like that. Um, Patrick S. Patrick S. says, you missed Title Fight? I didn't even know they weren't around anymore. <laughs> um, you like Fiddlehead? I guess not, because um, I didn't like this either. <laughs> So uh, just, just real quick before you go on, I I didn't know damn well because I think with music like this you can kind of, you can you can go either way with stuff like this. You know what I mean? 
I can't think of anything modern that sounded like this that I have liked, period. Um, you know, like the closest things that I can think of that mm-hmm. I that I like that that I'll listen to like this, yeah, are more than twenty are twenty years old. For the most part, for sure. But we've had some stuff that's in this vein that that even if it's not something necessarily that you would go out and buy, you still were like, yeah, this is pretty good. Like the Victory Garden stuff, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so so that's why I said more than like twenty years old because, like, I'm thinking obviously of a veil, right? Um, and bands of that ilk from the '90s. You know, hot water music to an extent. Sure. Um, but like Victory Garden sounded exactly like a veil. Yes, for sure. I think probably what it, this was this was um, way closer on the spectrum to like that. I don't know even what you fucking call it. That that sort of like emo-y post hardcore with with gruff vocals and, and and shit that I just hate. I just yeah. fucking can't stand. And this yeah. was this was much further on the spectrum to that as opposed to a fail. That's true for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's in the same. It's in the same ballpark, but, um, you know, not in the same league for me. Yeah, that's fair enough for sure. Or in the same league, but not in the same ballpark, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes sense for sure. Um, I, I liked this a lot, actually. Um, yeah, I know you did. Yeah, this this was great. Uh, I do miss Title Fight, and I do like Fiddlehead. So, um, this this was as far as contemporaneous uh, touchstones or like reference points. Fiddlehead is the closest for sure. I mean, this if you had Pat Flynn singing on this, like that would have made it a Fiddlehead song. I mean, compositionally, this was a Fiddlehead track for sure. Um, it doesn't seem like Sam is trying to hide that very direct influence at all because this, the, yeah, this sounds like a, a B-side off of Springtime and Blind. Um, but I'm not mad at that at all. There's not a, a lot of bands that are really tapping into precisely what Title Fight was doing and what Fiddlehead is doing. Um, there were a lot of bands in the wake of Title Fight, like local level bands that tried to ape them to, to a very very little effect um the it was a nightmare to tour for a while after title fight hit peak popularity because anything that they were doing uh like 19 year old local kids wanted to do and could not emulate at all um i make no bones about the fact that i think title fight is is one of the best bands of of my generation um and i truly have the deepest affection for them so uh <laughs> I will tell you that I legitimately could not identify a title fight song. No, I'm sure you couldn't. No, and you would, and you would have no reason to. You and know why, what I'm saying? Why would I? Right? Because exactly, they, it was, it was fucking, it was fucking crybaby music for fucking crybabies. <laughs> um, when I was already a fucking balls on the floor grown ass man. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, title fight came out when I was a teenager. Um, they hit me right off the bat with like early saves the day and lifetime worship which i was into at 17 years old for sure and they kind of evolved progressively with me like then they moved into gruffer emo leaning post hardcore then they moved into more straight up indie rock then they released a shoegaze record so for anybody that was i'm basically the same age as the people in title fight so for anybody else in my age bracket who grew up like literally with the band um i think a lot of us hold like hold hold them in in pretty high esteem um but yeah if you were like already a grown-ass man when that band hit i totally makes sense why you would just never engage with them why they don't have anything to offer you unless this style of music is like very much your lane um 
Um, but yeah, this is for sure in the lineage of that stuff and is pulling from 90s shit for sure, but it feels like a very modern iteration of this particular branch of the post-hardcore family tree for sure. Um, but it's one that I actually like. Most modern like post-hardcore stuff totally misses me, but stuff that falls in this lane I like a lot. I played in a band that didn't sound too far off from this kind of stuff. Um so yeah, my my affection for this is well documented, and uh, I'm definitely going to listen to the other two tracks on this and and keep my eye on, eye on this project because I actually liked this a lot more than I uh, than I like end on end uh, for for what it's worth. So yeah, I'm going to listen to the rest of this. Yeah, I didn't like it. This falls so like you also know about me. I don't like stories or movies or TV shows about real things. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Modern Family. Yeah, sure. Right. Never mm-hmm. seen an episode about it. I see people cry about it all the fucking time and everybody talks how it's super important. Yo, there ain't a single goddamn TV show ever made that's super fucking important. Right? <laughs> ain't one. Right? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, there just ain't, right? Uh it's it's a completely disposable artifact of humanity. When you really get down to it, it's nice. You can get away, you can get rid of it, right? And why the fuck, why the fuck would I want to watch a show? about people like, you know, having a hard time or going through like the growing pains of life when all I got to fucking do is like wake up in the morning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So what the it's... fuck, do I, what the fuck do I want to watch people doing that? What the fuck do I want to watch any of that shit? Right. Yeah. And so I never, I don't give a fuck about movies, about real things. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what, what real thing it is. I don't give a fuck about whose struggle it's speaking to. Right. It ain't fucking important to me. I don't give a shit. You know what yeah. I want to fucking see? I want to see a fucking lich lay waste to motherfuckers. Right. That's what I want to fucking see. I want to see, I want to see fucking like fucking robot dogs of war with bioreactors, right? <laughs> released, yeah. released upon the planet by some fucking failed Boston Labs experiment, right? And grinding motherfuckers to death. That's what I want to fucking see. I want to see nothing like 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 I want to see the opposite of what is actually happening. Right. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And this falls into that vein. Like I feel like if I were Patrick S who wrote this little thing when he purchased and supported the demo, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, you like thinking that things are important and you feel real feelings, uh, then listen to this demo because, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking like thinking that things are important and I don't feel real fucking feelings. Right. I don't, what, Oh man, I feel pretty fucking lonely. Maybe I should do some introspection and think about why I feel fucking lonely. No, cause I don't ever fucking feel lonely cause I ain't a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay right. sure right. well for the rest of us pussies i think that this has some this this has uh is is a is a valuable a valuable offering a valuable artistic offering no. I, I also I'm telling you what man i'm telling you what self-indulging those those fucking weep wompy feelings ain't gonna get you nowhere when the shit hits a fan you need to harden yourself and encase your brain in a solid adamantium fucking wall, right? <laughs> you need to encase yourself in that impenetrable fucking 10-foot carbonized steel wall, right? Right, yeah. That's the only way you're making it past what's fucking happening. Your dad's going to die, right? It's going to happen. Get ready for it now, right? That way when it hits, ain't nothing but a fucking thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone you fucking love, all your friends are going to leave you. Everything's going to be fucking gone, right? 
yeah. at some point in your life, you might as well just fucking act like it's already happened and move the fuck on. Because that way when it happens, who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, so I've been thinking recently about I, I want to reach out to uh, to Pat Kindlin and try and get him on the show. Um, we've, we've chatted about it a little bit before. Um, and now, you know, when you go on rants like this, it, it gives me pause because he has like a recurring bit that he talks about on, on worst possible timeline, um, about how he hasn't cried in well over a decade and how he's reserving them for when his parents die. And even then it's only a small chance that he will actually shed a tear. Um, and how he talks about that. Anybody who cries in public is basically a sociopath and should be like, or a lunatic and should be like put in a fucking group home. Um, I can feel that. Yeah, I know you can. And that's what I'm saying. It gives me pause because I feel like if you ignite a rant like that and Pat is here listening in on it, it's just I'm I'm going to feel very outnumbered, you know? It'll be a feeding frenzy. I think maybe we have to get Pat and Eric on so we can have a nice <laughs> we can have a nice balance between between the two sides. But yo, you you think I'm joking, right? I don't. I, no, I'm not. I don't, like no. I'm not. Like know. you know, my grandmother fucking raised me, right? By and large, right? There's very few people that were more important to me, but when she had a stroke when I was like she had her first stroke uh, when I was about 16 and you know, like things hit, you know what I mean? Yeah. I started getting ready. Yeah. And that way, by the time it, it came and went, it sucked. But, um, I had been, uh, chewing on that stick for a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when they fucking put it in the ground, I said, fuck it. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. that, that's how that, that's how you stay hard. Right? Yeah. That's how you don't break. That's how you don't break. Yeah, that's how it's done, folks. That's a tempering of the fucking soul and the spirit right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Let's let's keep it moving. <laughs> so we've gotten through what five bands so far. Yeah. We're, we're a little five or over, six. Yeah. Five. Five. So. We're a little bit over an hour in. Um, let's uh, let's let's roll the dice at least one more time. Get through six. We have a few voicemails to to tackle, but not too it's, many. Yeah, we're we're moving pretty quickly. So yeah, this for is sure. uh, five. Okay, so five is passion play. Um, it's passion passion dash play they're from Providence, Rhode Island. Um, like I said, this was really this was provided to me without any sort of real context, while at the same time almost too much contact context. In fact, the person who sent it in um, apologized for for possibly oversharing, <laughs> which it, it, I, honestly your your email wasn't too terribly long. I know back in the day when I was a youngster sending out uh, submissions to labels for records and shit, I always felt the necessity to provide a bunch of fucking context about the album and shit, which is actually the worst thing that you can do. And, and you didn't lean into that too hard. So good on you. Um, but yeah, this was really not set with, with a whole lot of context about what the band sounds like or what influenced them or anything like that. So I have nothing no idea what to expect in terms of sound other than the fact that it's tagged punk hardcore and screamo and the art definitely um does not look like something that i would that i would get it looks like it's a play on a on an attack on titan dude dude don't even get me fucking started on attack on titan (laughs) so much promise dude i told you we already talked about it right but like the the final season is out right yeah and i watched the first episode Mm-hmm. And it just like that, that fucking television show really thinks very highly of itself. It really thinks it's important. It sure does. 
And, and it's not right. It's less important than modern family. Right. Yeah. And like, it picks up like, well, you know what? Fuck you. Right. If, if if spoilers, whatever, I don't give a shit. It picks up like four years after, um, they finally fucking like made it to the ocean or whatever. And they saw the ocean and realized that there was more to where they were than the fucking walled cities they lived in, you know? Yeah. And it picks up like four years later at the end of some like giant fucking war that, uh, it's virtually inexplicable what the fuck is even happening. And it asks so much of the fucking viewer to like, it's, it's really, it's, there's so much fucking hubris in asking the viewer to hang in there. Cause maybe you'll be able to pick apart what the fuck is going on and like what it all means. Just stick with us for, I don't know, 12 fucking years, right? However yeah. long it's been on, maybe you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. I hate that fucking show. I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, cause I, you know, Originally, when I watched the first season, I was like, oh, cool. These fucking big stupid guys are like, you know, fucking eating people. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. A lot of fucking stupid shit in it. And then it just kept on like, it kept on like falling into its own, like its own sort of like high minded idea. Yeah, for sure. Itself and I hate that fucking show. So it does look like something from Attack on Titan. Yes. Here's what else the artwork looks like. So. I will say that anymore, you and I, most of the punk and hardcore that we consume has a high degree of proud amateurishness and just gives a fuck about it. Definitely. Yes. Right. And and like, that's one of the things that like, there's an aspect of just like, we're too cool to care that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we know we're fucking good. Like, 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 look at like the artwork for almost anything, especially like Lumpy Records release. Like, yeah, yeah, we know we're fucking good. Here's a fucking squiggly line drawing of a goblin sucking his dick. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas this is like, you know, it's pretty good. Sure. Um, it's pretty good. But like. All right, guys, let's really give it it all. You know, we're going to put everything we have out there, the best artwork and the best music. And it kind of like, I'm hoping that this isn't the case, but when I see this much effort put up up front, Mm -hmm. especially with hardcore, I expect it to be not to my taste or at least to fail. Absolutely. I feel, I feel the exact same way, man. This kind of stuff is just, it's off. This, this level of quality is off putting to me. Like the artwork on this is technically better than the artwork on Battlemaster. Definitely. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it's like an actually like technically good drawing per se. There's a lot of anatomical fuck-ups in that drawing, right? Um, just in proportions and things like that, right? Sure. Nevertheless, there's a lot of talent in that. Yeah. The Battlemaster artwork looked like shit. Yes. But it looked way fucking cooler. Uh, no doubt no not doubt. just because of the topics but because it looks like shit because it's just like it's like that ride the knife band, yeah right knife, knife rider knife rider yeah. right mm-hmm. that artwork was terrible but it was some of the best artwork i've seen in a while yeah for sure so this is kind of setting itself up for me like uh we're gonna give it our all and yeah. um it's gonna be overproduced and overwrought and uh it's going to lose sight of the fact that the best style of hardcore is just fucking fast rock and roll based hardcore. 
No, for sure. I, I agree. And yo, I don't, like I said, I, I don't know if the person who sent this in has ever listened to the show or, or what. Um, so if, if you're, you're in for a potential roasting here, um, just steal yourselves, I guess, if, if that's not something that you were expecting. Um, let's, uh, let's just jump right into it. They have the first song queued up to play. So we'll just go with that. All so right. we're going to listen to Abaddon by Passion Play off of their self-titled release. Okay, we just heard the song Abaddon by Passion Play off of their self-titled release. Nate, what'd you think about that? Uh, it, was, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting musically. Yeah. But it was, I did kind of get what I was expecting. Um, now, this is a perfect example of, for me, a band where I like it if I know the guys in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because like musically it was fine, right? It didn't. Mm-hmm. It certainly didn't overstay its welcome at a minute at, at a minute eleven. Right. Um, musically, it was fine. It straddled the line between a couple different things. You know, like there's, you know, grind and some like tech death and some hardcore in there. Um, it kind of sort of straddled the lines on that for me. I see someone put screamo in the bottom, and that's probably me. I don't know. At least in that song, it might just be because of the lyric, like the vocal delivery. Yeah, maybe. Um, like that vocalist, I would love to see that vocalist in a fucking traditional hardcore band. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cause he has the perfect fucking like snotty juvenile fucking delivery. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that the, the vocals necessarily, at least they're, they're like prominence in the mix. I don't think really, uh, uh, met the, met the music, so to speak. Yeah. I agree um, with that. I don't think they really li- aligned with the music very well. Um, so like musically it was fine. It was of a style that, you know, I was way more into 10 plus years ago. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't, I don't listen to it a lot now, but here's a perfect example of here's a, here's a perfect analog from my past. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we had a band that would play the house all the time from, they weren't from Providence, but they were from Massachusetts. Um, taste of silver. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. And they were like grimy, like, like grind a bit grindier than this, but like grindy, you know, that, that like cloud rat sort of grind, you know what I mean? But maybe a little less grind and a little more like, um, you know, post hardcore mixed in with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like taste of silver and that's cause those dudes were super fucking cool and solid too. Um, I was thinking about Nick, the, uh, I was thinking about Nick from taste of silver, like maybe about a week ago, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, like those dudes played the house a bunch. 
Um, always stoked to have those guys can't come through because it was just cool to fucking hang and chill, right? And yeah. they just happened to be in a band that I liked. I don't like a lot of bands that sound like Taste of Silver. Yeah. Um, but I like them because I knew them. And this is a perfect analog to that now 10 plus years later is uh, this band. I, I would probably like this band a lot if I knew them. Yeah, Because I sure. would have a connection to it. Um, but just coming in cold, it's not to where it's not where I'm at right now. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like I can't say anything necessarily bad about the music other than that. I didn't I don't feel that the like the the vocals really match the rest of the music yeah. where they were. I think that maybe they could have been a little nastier, mm-hmm. a little yep. more snarl to them. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, but uh other than that, I mean, I felt like this was just fine. It was, it was, um, but it's just not a style that uh, I'm going to fucking hit the switch on very much anymore. Yeah, for sure. And so I think, I think what you said actually kind of, it kind of helped me articulate and, and fully formulate a thought that I, I had um, previously. It kind of helped me complete this, this train of thought, which is that like, this we've talked on the show before about bands that sound like local bands right like they're they're not necessarily terrible like they're not laughably bad but they're not great either and there's just some sort of like hard to hard to define quality about them that just makes them sound like a local band this band doesn't quite have that they're above that they're on like the next echelon above that but sure. but they are not quite on the level of a band that I would engage with or really enjoy unless they were my homies, as you pointed out, which I think it puts them in this sort of like nebulous space where they are like a quintessential basement band, but they're not what I think of when I think of like basement hardcore per se, because no. like basement hardcore is like some of my favorite, like maybe my favorite iteration of the genre, but this is like basement music that is definitely adjacent to hardcore and into the same like broad sphere. But like, it's, it's just sort of straddling the line between being like good enough that you can tour on it, but not good enough that you're ever going to play bigger rooms, but also not punk enough or traditionally hardcore enough where you're going to play with bands like, like gel, for example, or something, you know what I mean? It's like this almost sort of like bizarro self-contained little universe that overlaps with more traditional hardcore DIY spaces, but isn't the same thing. Right. And it's, it's like I said, it's a really nebulous um, and, and hard to kind of pin down there, but bands like this throughout my many years of attending and booking and playing shows now are, are bands I've seen almost exclusively in basements. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely not bad. Um, it was competently played, but yeah, it is a form that at, at this point in my life, I don't really engage with. And even when I did engage with it, it was mostly because I was young and there was some novelty to it. And I largely knew the people playing playing in the bands, um, which ingratiated them to me. You know what I mean? I had personal relationships with them, so I was more prone to enjoy their music. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I, I got nothing really bad to say about this. If this is your lane, if you like this kind of stuff, it was, uh, it was perfectly well done, but like, yeah, I just, this doesn't really offer anything to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's bad. You know no, what I mean? The, the worst thing not. I could say is like, I would rather hear the vocalist in a fucking, traditional u.s hardcore band because i think that that yeah. his delivery was more suited to something like that agreed um yeah. 
you know, but like, I don't think it's bad at all. Um, and there's plenty of stuff in the past that I really dug about this. I, this, this, this style, this, this like field of hardcore has really dropped off for me. This is like yeah. that. This is like that really noisy, like intersection between like metal, post metal, and hardcore that like a band like maybe Ken Mode or something was doing. Yeah, for sure. Yes. You know what I mean? That like, yo, 2004, I was all the fucking about. Well, um, and and in two in 2004, this band could have been the opening the band on a fucking three band touring bill of like of this Baroness and Converge. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but this ship has like largely just kind of sailed. Yeah, and and uh, you know, there's there's loads of good bands from that era, and and you know, this band sounds just as good as as most of them to my memory. Yeah, um, maybe just uh, I don't know uh, if I want to nitpick. Like I said, maybe just a little more ferocity in yeah. the recording and in the mix for sure. Yes, uh, a little more noise, maybe you know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but some low, some low end growl in there. Yeah. But I mean, it was fine. I mean, this was, this was well done and, yeah. um, but it's just not something that I'm, I'm fucking, you know, I'm take. it's just not something that I, like I said, that I'm, I'm, uh, going to check out very often anymore. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So yo, passion play. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, you know, like I said, not necessarily to our taste, but in no way bad. And I'm sure some, uh, I'm sure some people in our listenership probably will fuck with that. Um, for some information on this, since it's not out on, uh, it's not out on a physical release yet. They just sent this in on December 10th. So 10 days ago, uh, Paul, the vocalist, I believe the band said two small labels are doing a run of tapes this week, illuminate my heart records and gene scene creamers. And we're putting the release out on a seven inch sometime around late summer. So, um, so I guess look for tape releases from either of those labels that I just stated. Um, I don't have the links handy, but, uh, but yeah, if you liked it, I think you can pick it up on tape now. Yeah, for sure. All right. So on that note, let's uh, let's pivot to voicemails. We just have a couple to do and uh, we can burn through them real quick and then just wrap up the episode. Sounds good. Yeah, we got four. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to jump into I'm going to I'm going to give a uh, I'm going to give a brief uh, announcement real quick here before we before we start. Oh, no. Two minutes and 59 seconds. Okay, yeah. So so, yo, I got to I got to I got to address a sender here. So so, Jeff, um, the first message we have on here is from Jeff, who who sent a message to us like last week or the week before. Um, that was like three minutes long and the voice quality on it was so bad that we couldn't discern what he was saying anyway. And then like on the episode, we were like, yo dude, like three minutes is way too long. In fact, it looks like both times, two times in a row now, he has actually gone so long that the time limit on the answering machine has been reached because two minutes and 59 seconds is where the answering machine actually cuts you off. Um, I haven't checked the message yet. Um, but I saw that Jeff messaged me about this on Facebook. I just haven't opened it yet. Cause I've been fucking busy. Um, I don't know, maybe man, maybe you addressed this in your message and we're like, Hey, sorry, I went long or what, but I'm just going to tell you right now, we're not going to listen to a three minute message on here. That's uh, insane. If you've got a story that is pertinent to the show, please find a way to condense it to Yo. a minute and a half and make sure that you like deliver it on an answering or on a, on a phone that was built sometime after 2001 so we can understand what you're saying. 
And, and this looks like a pretty good episode message because uh, it seems to speak about family dysfunction. Right. And uh, somebody's aunt. And, yeah. and I see uh, pedophilia is involved. <laughs> um, so, yo, I mean, I would love to hear the abridged version of this. But, for uh, sure. you know, I didn't fucking read A Tale of Two Cities for the same fucking reason when I was in 10th grade, right? Yeah. I got the cliff notes. There's no way in hell I'm reading that fucking book in high school. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so give us give us the abridged version because I want to hear it. Is there a way to change the length of the answering machine so that it's only a minute 30? I'm not sure. I'm going to check into that. Uh, if so, that would be that would be beautiful. Um, I'm, I, I will check into the settings like right after I'm done recording this episode and uh, and and see if I can make that happen, because that would prevent this from occurring in the future. Yeah, because I don't you know, I, I hate to make Jeff sound like a fucking asshole. Right. And, and shit on him twice in a row. And he's like, those fucking cocksuckers. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be all fucking pissed off out in the desert. But like, I want to hear about aunts and uncles and pedophilia but I just right. don't want to hear about it for three minutes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I we, do, but we can't. We, we right. don't have the luxury. That's the thing. We have to, in, in person, I'd hear about that for three minutes all day. But like, if, we, if there's anybody going to fucking talk about pedophilia for three minutes, it's Gray or I. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, I was about to say, we try to run a tight ship here unless we're the ones talking. That's right. <laughs> so, so on that note, Jeff, I'm sorry, but uh, we're not going to listen to this. But next time, I know you'll get it. So, uh, So let's listen to the next one instead simple request and I'll keep it straight to the point key Gundam shirts or do the Gundam series where that Gundam looks like a Pringles mustache kind of guy yeah that's all y'all have a good good night good day whatever love y'all all right. Okay, that was Stout uh, making a request specifically to me uh, to do Gundam shirts, G Gundam shirts specifically, or the Gundam series that looks like the Pringles mustache guy, which I believe you're referring to Turn A Gundam, which is actually a, a pretty good series. Um, there's a chance I could do a, a Turn A Gundam shirt in the future because I really like the 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 design, the mech design on that show. Uh, G Gundam, I I genuinely detest i do not like that show at all it's basically not even a gundam series i, I don't like it um so the chances of me doing a g gundam shirt are uh, exactly zero um i am gonna do a gundam shirt at some point in the near future the last couple months i've gotten sidetracked from doing the anime and uh, comic book t-shirts just because i've been super super busy trying to do stuff for the uh the vintage business and um and other shit but i'm gonna get back on track with that after the new year and uh, a gundam design is is probably the first thing i'm gonna do so uh so yeah there you go stay tuned for that but it ain't gonna be g gundam yeah, I know what a Gundam is, but I don't care, and I have no idea what Gundam A or G Gundam is. I sent you a link. I think I found the the Pringles Gundam guy. He does have a big mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's the Pringles Gundam guy. There you go. Did you just Google Pringles Gundam? Yeah. <laughs> and you actually came up with that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, thanks, thanks, Stout, for your request, but I can't, I can't make, I can't meet it. Um, let's listen to the next one. Hey, what's up? This is uh, Zach Honeycutt for my second call. Uh, you know how thoughts kind of cascade throughout time? Like one kind of popular person or person with an influence says something, and then, you know, two people kind of go, oh, yeah, that's really that's really true, that's accurate, you know, and they kind of adopt it. And then those two people tell two people, and it just kind of ripples throughout time. I'm really interested in if maybe like five to ten years, there is just a super prominent wave 
of anti-children punk that is just taking over everything. And the songs are just overtly about murdering children in the streets. And I think if that happens, we can squarely point the finger at you. Love you guys. Well, Zach, what you're referring to is called a meme. And that term was first phrased by Richard Dawkins in yeah. the book, The Selfish Gene, which came out in like 19, something time in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, now meme is commonly, is, is a common concept, but its roots maybe aren't quite known to the yes. broader populace. Yeah. Um, well, if you think that that's the only fucking meme we're coming up with in 2021, you just hold on to your fucking hold on to your fucking ass. <laughs> I was going to uh, say we are bringing back satanic panic like we've never panicked before. <laughs> right, that's what I was going to say it's like that was kind of a topical a topical call but not for the reasons that you thought it was going to be. It's because we've already as we've already addressed on this show fucking strap in because we're going real hard on the satanism next year. And we sure as hell are and hopefully in 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Um you know we can have some real lasting tangible effect, right? I think that what we should devote 2021 to is a year long ritual in chaos magic. I was going to say, so it's like, you know, there's all these examples of like, of prominent subcultural figures in the past, like Genesis and like the people, like the scene that coalesced around them, uh, you know, using, utilizing chaos magic principles in order to do what in their mind was bettering the world around them or like uh, broadening the scope of their own like artistic influence or whatever. We need to use it for its true intended purpose, which is not just self-actualization, but in fact, subjugating the world under the iron fists of our satanic reign. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I believe me that when I am granted the powers of satanic might, yeah, um, nobody shall walk away unscathed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was with my girl yesterday and I just saw some cretins in the street and was like, you know, I can't help but to really sympathize with authoritarians <laughs> not 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 fascist right i was like not fascist not like anything with racial undertones or or overtones in many instances but like how like anybody with just like a slightly more defective personality than mine and i do mean just slightly with like the brain that would allow them to think that they have the right and the ability to like wield their influence on a worldwide scale, how the only logical conclusion that they could come to is that a lot of people need to go. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's a, it's every time, man. Right. Yeah. Oh, nice fucking shoes. You simpleton. Guess what? You're on the list now in the gulag. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, I, any, no infraction is too small. <laughs> Right. When when I when I wield the satanic might of the ninth circle, right? Yeah. yeah. Like 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 an infinity gauntlet, right? Mm -hmm. The line is going to be so goddamn razor thin, (laughs) right? Yeah. It's it's like apocalypse now, right? It's 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 gonna give you nightmares. You're gonna be fucking. You're gonna be saying, uh, "I saw a snail, slithering, <laughs> crawling, on the edge of a straight razor, and surviving." That's my dream. That's my nightmare, right? Everybody's gonna need to be that fucking snail, right? Yeah. Yes. 
So uh, strap in because that's where we're taking it in 2021. Yeah, we're, we're up in the ante. Um, all right, we got one more message. Let's listen to it and then and then sign off. We wish you a merry ship, miss. We wish you a merry ship, miss. We wish you a merry ship, miss, and happy shit. This is a seasonal, season screenings from the old pal, Applebee's. Did you miss me, bitches? I'm just here to share the wonderful festive news that Applebee's has special diary eggnog. Just in time for the holiday season. I promise you, fuckers, you demolish and bitches, that this shit is is, is sandwich and tastes better than cum. Come on down to Applebee's and have a wonderful diary and dive for the Christmas season. We got seven dozen diary balls. Fuck Trump. Fuck 2020. And also, fuck them broke-ass phone workers. Jeez, fucking bunch of shit. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's nothing funny in the content of that message, right? Yes, but the delivery is so fucking perfect, and I, yeah. I wish, I wish Applebee's was a belligerent monster, right? Yeah, me too, man. I wish so badly. <laughs> And, and I think that this series of calls is a very polarizing one among our listeners. People either are like really ride for it or they think it's the least funny thing ever. <laughs> like I, I didn't recognize the the number of the area code or anything. Yeah. And uh, so when I heard the singing, I was like, oh, God, no, not some parody Christmas candle, uh, carol. But then I heard Applebee's manifest itself in the voice. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, all right, all right, Applebee's is back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, if anything, I just, I laud like the consistency of the characterization here. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very consistent from call to call. I'm telling you, it's a marketing plan that would fucking work for Applebee's, right? Like they're probably doing okay. I bet they're probably doing okay. People were super pissed off that they couldn't go eat at Applebee's back in April and May, so much so that they were storming the Michigan state Capitol with guns and screaming that they should be able to go to Applebee's and eat. Right. But the problem with it is that's not going to get me to go to Applebee's. Right. They're definitely, they're definitely missing out on a niche market. Right. Yes. Yes. By not employing this advertising scheme. I think they should take it public. I agree. 100%. So on that note, uh, that's that pretty much wraps up all the content we have for the episode this uh, this week. Like I said, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. the next Napalm Death ser- episode in the series will be going up later this week. And then, we're just, like I said, we're just going to keep running them concurrently week to week uh, for the next probably, probably six or seven weeks, realistically. So you're going to get a lot of content out of that. Five bucks gets you in the door and gets you access to all of the Patreon content that we have had up uh, thus far and will have up in the future. If you want to submit music it is demo listen podcast at gmail.com just make sure it's a year or less old we've got a lot of submissions to catch up with but we're slowly getting there so definitely send some stuff in um and then last up if you want to call it is 260-222-8341 leave us a message just please make sure it's a minute and a half or under i'm going to check these settings and see if i can limit limit the uh call time or the message time on there so that way you cretins don't have to remember that um but beyond that thanks again for all the new patreon subscribers um thanks to everybody for listening in rate and review on apple or whatever your chosen podcatcher is and uh nate unless you have any closing thoughts we'll uh, we'll sign out there 
I was going to say on the newest Patreon episode for, for Napalm Death, um, yeah. this one almost breaks me. Oh, the like the one that's going up this week? Yeah. Yeah, by the end of it, we are, we're both emotionally spent. Like I, I, I was, and we're, and we're not done yet, right? No, no, we just, that was only the first half of Justin Broderick's uh, discography. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, if you like boring ass music, you'll love Justin Broderick. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I, I really like Godflesh. I really like Yesu. I had not ventured into the more remote corners of his discography prior to this. And uh, let me just tell you, it's not been a uh, rewarding experience on any level. So if that sounds like fun to you, five bucks will get you there. <laughs> so um, on that note, uh, I guess we'll sign out for this week and uh, we'll holler at you next time. Word.